All right, here we are, another episode of Keel Conversations. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, I'm going to start with one line, and it is, life is better when you breathe. I think we can all agree on this statement, and the reason I bring this up is because today I have Angie and Shane, who are masters when it comes to the breath. A little bit of a joint podcast today, because they were interviewing me as well for their podcast, The Breathing Edge. So the format's slightly different, but still full of awesome techniques and mental fitness practices to really level up your day, especially when it comes to the breath. And obviously, if you're listening to this right now, we're all breathing together, but we often forget how important our breath is or or the quality of our breath. So we dive into a lot of different practices and techniques to make us a little bit more aware and um, open up a whole other realm of possibility when it comes to energy management and just being more healthy in general all related to those awesome things in our body called the lungs. So enjoy this conversation and have the absolute best day yet. Okay, so I'm really excited to be having this podcast with you, Mark, because uh, I just in even the conversation that we had before coming to pushing record, so many different things were coming up and um, I, I love what you're doing with with uh, Keo and and what you're doing with supporting people in their regular practices of always questioning themselves. Is that how you pronounce it? Huh? It is. You nailed it. Yeah, Keo. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> just just making sure we've got like American hybrid. We got an Australian, you know, like American <laughs> hybrid. I love yeah. it. So I want to ask you, what was, I mean, I'm sure many people have asked this, but what, what is the main um, driver behind you starting this, uh, this app and this movement? Um, it, it was one of those scratch your own itch scenarios. So I wasn't at all involved in the wellness space or mindfulness or journaling or reflective writing, whatever you want to call it. Um, in terms of a career, it was something that like I was in the corporate world for about 10 years. And during those times, um, or during those years, I should say, I always had a morning practice and it was the morning practice. That's that really opened up my eyes and, 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 and mine to all of these different practices. So the reason the the practice started was I, I was starting a job in sales and, you know, everyone was going through the same sales training and company training. And it was like, well, if, if you want to stand out, like you've, you've got to do something different. Right. So I just started getting up a bit earlier in the morning and started purely fueling my mind with positive things. So just reading. And at that, that time would have been blogs and whatnot. And then as you can imagine, I mean, you start seeing similar characters popping up over and over again. Right. And then all of a sudden the practices start immersing and it's like, well, if all these people were buying their books and at that time, you know, fast forward now, you can see it, the people that are doing the, you know, the massive interviews on podcasts and doing the keynotes, like the practices are so similar and they're all doing some sort of reflective exercises in, the, in their lives. Um, so then I would just write down these questions that they're asking themselves and see where I was in my life at that point and, and actually do some writing on that just a few minutes in the morning and then again, read positive material. And I, I felt like, you know, if I could do that every morning, I would always start the day on my terms, right? And always, and always learning. So that's how, that's how it started. And then fast forward to, you know, two years ago, I sent or rewind, I guess, two years ago, finally just grew frustrated after 10 years of doing um, like a writing or reflective practice with the tools that were available on a digital um, aspect, because I was traveling a lot. And for me, I always had a phone or always had an iPad. And I just like, I'm not a good writer. I just like typing or using a device to capture those thoughts. And there was nothing out there that was that was combining all the inspiration and all these prompts that you know I was writing down and then copying and pasting. It was just so disconnected into some sort of guided practice 
um, with the prompts being the, the guidance. And that's how it all started. I mean, we're, we're not like, I flipped my brother-in-law an email essentially saying, hey, here's the frustration over the last 10 years. Do you want to try this out? And um, he was had an IT company. So I thought, oh, good. Like, you're doing IT. You can develop an app. Not the case, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, here we are, you know, almost three years later uh, with, with the product out. And it's just been, you know, such a, well, I mean, it's these conversations that I live for mm. and just, I wouldn't have even started any type of breath work if it had this not happened. Right. And there's so many other practices that have come out from, from this journey. And it's, it's a bit infectious, right? Cause it's, it's like, it's never ending and <laughs> you feel good when you do these things. So why would you stop? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Now you've connected. I mean, I can see what you're saying about these types of conversations because the type, the caliber of people that you have on your app that you've connected with uh, and the types of people that they're influencing, it's like they're people that are looking after people. And, you know, and that's, that's how I can see the greatest leverage to create impact is. So, you know, love what you're doing and thank you for, uh, you know, putting it out there and, and making it available for those people to stay consistent with their practice. Yeah, no, thank you. Such a good, you're such a yeah. good interview mode, aren't you? I, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I can feel, I mean, it, 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 as I was going through the app, I was like, oh, wow, yeah. this person's amazing. And I started following them on Instagram. I'm like, oh, wow, this person's amazing. You know, so it's like, even, you know, you follow them off the app too, because, you know, they pop up on your social media and you get these little sure. inspirations and, 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 and Instagram, you know, oh, you know, actually, I was that what made me just think of is, you know, who are you following in social media and does that reflect where you want to be going? (laughs) Powerful question. See, that's that's a really good question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I was, uh, for for me, I mean, I'm, I'm a very different personality. um, (laughs) And so for me, the, the proof is always in when someone practices what they say, that they do and they put it out there and you know we we often um you know I, we come across this a, a lot in um in the speaking world and things like that where you kind of like th- there are some people out there that do say and talk about things but it doesn't seem like they're practicing that <laughs> sure you know and and so and so you know and that that may be because once they did practice it but they don't and and i think um you know what what we've come to realize in, in what we do is that everybody breathes, right? So, so one, in some way, everybody is already practicing this, right? So that's why I love, that's why I love what it is that we do. It is. You win by default. <laughs> no, no, totally. So, so, yeah, like I mean, the question—a question I always ask guests on on our show. So, who are you guys? Like, what defines the the, the two of you? And obviously, you, you can answer that individually <laughs> or as a couple if you'd like. But you'll get three um, answers. Yes. But, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, what 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 lights you up? What defines you as a person? Yeah, um, I used to. I mean, look, I think I think it changes as you as as you, as wisdom grows. You know. Uh, I can read, you know, in my twenties, you know, what defined me was other people. And now into my thirties, what defines me I'm finding is my perspective on things and, 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 and how I question my perspective and my perspective can change in a breath. And that's what I love about the breath as well, is that if I'm going down a road that I'm not, that I don't want to feel, you know, like, Oh, it's so exhausted. Or why do I have to keep doing this? Or, Oh, I feel like I'm being pulled in all different directions. I can actually, I change the way in which I'm breathing and then change the energy in which I'm feeling and go off in a different direction rather than spiraling down into a little, you know, tube of, of depression and blue blueness, you know, or anxious or anxiety, you know, depends on which air, which way you're spiraling in, in the personal energy. And so I think what defines me is, is, um, is freedom of choice uh, in the moment, moment to moment. And, um, also picking up on like in a relationship here, picking up on, um, on the subtlety. So what, what do I see in him? That's 
really pissing me off or annoying me or what is it that he's doing that I don't like, you know, and, and then going, oh, you know, looking at is it like a mirror or like a projection going, if it's, if it's triggering me, there's something I need to let go of. <laughs> so I look at a relationship um, as, as, as a way of, of growth and, and a way of, so, so I'd say there's something to let go of and something to learn. And so I'm always in that sort of a questioning in relationship with him as well as with myself and with my children. So I think, you know, the definition, how I define myself is, is that constant query. And, and I think that being able to find the space between the query is a lot of the time where the answers come from. And that space definitely gets produced by, um, you know, in, in our experience in, in all the things that we've studied when it comes to self-development and, and obviously life is obviously the biggest coach, right? <laughs> like yeah, life absolutely. is the, life is the best, you know, it's the best. Um, we found that the, 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 your own breath will give you that space, you know, mm. that space, the space mm. that's in between the response that you have mm. to something the, the breath is there and it's available to you. That's why, you know, it, it's such a, such a simple thing, but so powerful. <laughs> How have you guys, because I've even noticed this with myself and um, just going back to, you know, practicing what, what you preach. I mean, I've never journaled more in my life, probably in the last three years, just to launch this business um, with, with my partner. And the other thing, though, I've noticing in, in certain times is catching when I'm, you know, shallow breathing, for example, which mm. I probably would have just blew through that and, and on autopilot, not like back in the corporate world and, and just not even realize that, right? Until some physical issue would, would have come up. How, like, how have you guys increased your self-awareness so that you can first see that? Right. And then you obviously have great practices to, to inject some corrections. Usually if I'm feeling a way I don't want to feel, that's when I know I'm doing, I'm disrupting my breath, interrupting it. <laughs> so I, I notice that quite often if I was making dinner, I would get anxious and go, Oh, hurry up and do this. Hurry up and do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. Why am I cooking food? I've got to finish. I haven't finished work. And you know, then all of a sudden all these things would come up and then I noticed my, I'd go, Oh, well, how am I breathing? And I'd noticed I was hover breathing, which is like, don't really know if you're breathing in or you're breathing out. And, and some, and quite often I'd be holding my, my navel, uh, against my, my body, you know? So it's like yeah. no, no room to breathe and just, you don't really know if you're breathing or not. And, and, and it's, a, it's a combination. Like Mark, if you look at that from the perspective of how the breath moves in your body, um, it's a combination of being in fear and anger at the same time, which is a freeze, mm. you know, it's a, it's a very paralyzing type mm. of way to be um, because you're at, at the lower part, like if you look at your breathing like a circle at the lower part of, of the breath and breathing out, there's that's where the anger sort of lies. And you'll find that people that are high anxiety or maybe have a lot of fear, they... <sighs> they breathe high in the chest. And so you can tell a lot by the way someone breathes and some, and people can tell a lot by what is internally and unconsciously going on in themselves by just paying attention to their breath. Um, you know, as, um, as we said before, you know, like all the ancient texts talk about it, all the religious texts that I've seen have the relationship to breath is to life force um, you know, the, the, the Buddha famously said that he became aware when he was just watching his breath. So this, this aspect of something so simple is also probably one of the most powerful practices that someone will be able to do mm -hmm. to uncover what is it, what it is that's going on for them in, in, in day-to-day life. I noticed I was really angry all the time when I started watching my breath because I noticed I would hold my breath on an out breath. So, you know, and I would be thinking and like maybe breathing through my nose and holding my, holding my uh, breath in and pushing against my breath. So there's a lot okay. of force yeah. and a lot of anger stuck at the bottom of the breath. 
And when I got angry and I didn't shift my breathing, my breathing would explode by yelling or, you know, screaming into a towel if I didn't want to yell at somebody, you know, so which is, which is a really great, by the way, (laughs) rolling up a towel. Um, We do this with our kids, Yeah, rolling up a towel and getting them to put it in their mouth and just allowing them to, to scream, to scream but screaming from the diaphragm. So it's a breathing exercise yeah. as well, really helps them release some emotion and release mm. some, some pent up energy. So there's, mm. there's a lot of these little, oh, yeah. let, let's call them hacks for, for, for lack mm. of a better word, right. That you can do with the breath that allows you to just um, calm the nervous system, you know, bring, bring yourself back into stasis mm. and, and it's all done as a function of the breath. So quite often now I catch myself, um, in my physical energy uh, that the anger breathing in the body is starting. And so quite often I can actually stop it before it takes over my mental and emotional state. So, yeah, which is so key, right? And that's, I feel like, you know, whether it's breath work or meditation or journaling, or even just being mindful, walking around, like all of these different practices, just heighten self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. a lot of the cases, right? And then all of a sudden, so if you can see it or feel it, then you can do something about it, right? Yeah. And the more connected you are to those practices, the more you start getting really good about picking up on the subtle energies rather than the ones that smack you in the face. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, so the the awareness bit is interesting too. So, So what we've found a lot is that when you start putting awareness on your breathing. It, it takes the unconscious part of your breathing, which encapsulates all the behaviors and, and different things that are in the breath. So imagine that when you inhale, you inspire life force. It mixes with everything that you are and then expresses behaviors when you went through your breathing. So by putting your awareness on your breath, it then allows things like shallow breathing or angry breathing or anything to actually um, become then not an unconscious thing. You're bringing it to conscious awareness, which means that your breathing improves, which means that your life starts to improve by default in just doing that simple thing. So it does, it is a way of expanding awareness and opening up the mindset, um, creating space, um, you know, creating a better um, uh, a better relationship with time even. I know that sounds like a real way out sort of thing, but the thing is, is once you start becoming aware of your breath, you start becoming aware that you're not in such a rush all the time or you don't have a short amount of time. And there's many, many mechanisms that can be affected by that all the way down to, uh, to you know, the different hormones that your brain's releasing. Dopamine, for example, which everyone knows as the feel-good hormone um, and, and, and also the, the hormone of, um, you know, reward and, and sort of things like that. That has a lot to do with how you perceive time. And so um, your breathing allows the body to cycle through and allows the actual physical meat sack that you live in, right, yeah. to also to also be improved, also be oxygenated, also let the hormones flow properly. So there's this, there's this, you know, it's a, it's an intricate web um, uh, that it, that the breathing is coupled to all of these different areas in the body, which give you a, a whole gamut of different things that it can affect. And so by opening up your breathing, you open up your awareness, not only mm. mentally and emotionally, but it's also a physical thing that happens in your body as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's so powerful. It's just like, I mean, at, at its core, right? I mean, it's the first thing we do and the last thing we do in our life, right? Mm. Essentially. And I just interviewed someone, um, he came out a, a couple episodes now, Jeremy Saunders, who suffers from, or lives with COPD, uh, cystic fibrosis. Um, and, you know, just a guy that, that really lives to the max, right? Because he has, he has a shorter, uh, let's, he calls it, you know, expiry, essentially, than, than most of us, right? Um, and, and what he, here's, some, here's someone that has, at this point, under 50%, you know, lung capacity or lung function, you should, I, I should say. And yet the thing he is most grateful for and the thing he does every single morning is just starting the day and grounding each day with one breath. I mean, that it's just so powerful. There's, and it's, I mean, all day long, you can, you can return to your breath. Mm, 20,000 opportunities a day. 
Yeah, it is. I didn't know that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and, and the interesting thing is that you know a lot of people do um, ask the question about you know my 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 I I suffer suffer from you know sleep apnea or issues um, with my breathing while I'm sleeping. And one of the things that we've noticed and also that we learned from quite a few of our own um, uh, gurus in the breath space that when you take care of your breathing during the day, when you're conscious to it, you start making a relationship with your unconscious breathing. So take care of your breathing during the day and we'll take care of your breathing at nighttime when you're not consciously aware of it. So a lot of the times, you know, people ask, you know, how do I get started or what do I do? And, and really it's just the more that you start connecting with your breath and doing something different. So all you're doing is shifting from automatic to manual and having a play and doing something with it. The more you do that, the more connected you will be. Yeah. Well, it's just the training, right? I mean, even, um, like we were talking about this earlier, right? Just going through the different breath patterns and whatnot. And, and as you push yourself out of your comfort zone, then all of a sudden, you know, you're expanding your capability, which a lot of, like on, the, on the, the mental side of things, especially with journaling and, and all these different practices, sometimes people have a hard time grasping that. But it's when you put the relation into the physical fitness it's the same thing, right? Like that, everyone gets that, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm seeing the parallels even, even with the breath at this point. So it, it's almost, I get it. I mean, it, it's almost not surprising that, you know, when you're sleeping, if you're doing that work, it's going to be beneficial, right? No, and it, it is. And, and what I've also found, and I know we, we kind of, um, we talked about Angie and what Angie was about, and it, it links back to where, to where um, I look at it. See, my life, um, you know, I was in the military. I trained special forces soldiers in the military. I joined very young. I was always fascinated by discipline. Um, you okay. know, when I, when I was younger, I was into martial arts. You know, there was always some aspect of discipline. And since becoming mature, and we we're just talking then about practices, um, what I found is you, you, you need to make the shift from discipline to devotion so you know there, there, there might even be dedication in between those two but what that's meant for me is it's meant that you take something that you do and you learn that you love that or you love what it gives you and that's you know that's the difference between um showing up and going oh you know i've got to i've got to do my i've got to go on my run or i've got to get up in the morning and do my swim um as opposed to how do i feel after I've done that, how do I feel? And you, and you learn that, you know, yes, there's going to be discomfort in it. And, you know, like um, what you were just saying before about when we went through a breathing session, there was that sometimes even in your breathing, you need to start to lean on things that are uncomfortable. So leaning on the discomfort, but as, as we know, as being an organism that, um, you know, uh, our, our organism, our body, um, and our mind for that matter and our emotions that I think every part of us works off, um, you know, having what they call a hormetic stress or what they call as, as putting pressure on yourself. You know, like you go to the gym, you stack weights on a weight stack because it sculpts a body. That pressure that gets put on you forms you, you know, and that's, that's what happens. So, you know, learning to shift, learning to shift your mindset to a, to the point of, understanding that yes there's discomfort but then loving how it makes you feel afterwards is is really i think the maturity the next step in maturity for a a lot of things and i know that happened to me through the mm. you know through the process of being in the military and then and all the practices that we've done since then the, the interesting thing about watching him do that all of a sudden i was like oh, oh man like i'm i gotta lift my game here you yeah. know? <laughs> So it's interesting, like when you start committing to yourself and becoming very devoted to a practice that makes you feel good, it has an effect on the people around you, you yeah, know, and the people around you will either go, I'm not ready for that. And they'll take themselves out or they'll go, I'm, I want to do this too. You know, and, and, and we've seen that over the, you know, we've been together for almost 11 years and we've seen that when we start progressing, we, 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 we do it on an individual level. However, 
it just kind of organically happens to, to, together, if that makes sense. Okay. So we hold each other account, like, accountable for ourselves and we give each other the space to make mistakes and we give each other the space to do whatever course correction in the time that we need to do it. And when it starts affecting other people, like say, for instance, if I haven't done a meditation practice in a while, or I haven't done a breath practice in a while, and I'm starting to get a little cranky and it's starting to affect people around me, Shane goes, time to pull your finger out. Let's do something because yeah. if you don't, you know where this is going to go, you know? So, I love it. So, you know, there, there is that, I think that is because we've built, um, we've built such a strong rapport with each other where we have compassion for uh, us making mistakes and being human. And it's a presence thing too, Mark, like those, you know, you're talking before about doing your journaling and throwing yourself into it. When you do anything, consistently and and you do it and you do it often enough it creates a superpower you create a presence <laughs> yeah for yourself that other people know when you walk into a room they're just like i don't know what it is about that person but there's something about them and it's because it, it simply could be because you're consistent in a practice that you do that gives you that presence and so again you know we start to notice in each other when that presence is is not is not available or the it's not showing not so out right. <laughs> right yeah no that i mean it makes total sense and we're all human so that's yeah. i think yeah. that's the other allowance allowance, yeah. allowance yes. is the word there yes. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> So what are you, what are the questions that you ask yourself, Mark, when you, you know, in your daily practices and the things that you're doing, how, how, what are, what are the, what's the direction you take yourself in? I mean, there's, for me, there's a few very consistent questions that always pop up, you know, if I'm starting out the day, just, you know, what would make today great. And that's not, you know, crushing my to-do list. That's, you know, <laughs> bring energy for a meeting or a podcast or whatever it is, right? But like, what's one core theme that I'd like to, to, to develop throughout the day? Um, and then there's, there's usually some gratitude-related prompts in there. And those, those change up as well. Like, what was the best part of the day? What made me smile today? Mm -hmm. um, some really great ones for really anyone that wants to get started and doesn't want to commit to daily practice yet, but just even getting to the end of the week and asking something like, what did I learn this week? Right? Or what would I have changed this week? And I just find, and that's, that's a staple. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm doing primarily every morning anyway, but on Friday it's in my calendar, 3 PM every Friday, 4 PM every Friday, um, I get those prompts and it's, you know, maybe a 15, 20 minute thing, but just, it's such a great way to break the week into the weekend and just take a bit of time to actually learn what just happened those, those five days. Cause we have so many of the answers to our own questions. Right. Um, but we're, you know, we jump to like, okay, we're going to go buy that book cause it's, it's going to be the, the solution or the answers will be there. But if we actually just look back on and even just opening up your calendar and going through, okay, were all these meetings necessary? Were these discussions, you know, valuable? The answers are, are there, right? So those are the consistent ones. And the reason I say the, um, there are others is, be, and, and this is a huge reason why we wanted to create Kia was that my life today will be different tomorrow. And so will it be in a month from now? So, so will the questions. And the, so, you know, podcasts like this, where we'll, I'll eventually get your questions. I mean, I use those questions myself when they, when they come up. So that, and, and to me, that is one of the most beneficial things because the context of the prompt or the question in the right timing is where the magic lives, mm. right? Because mm -hmm. um, a, a completely different question, like something like, you know, one, what in me needs to die so I can live mm. my, my true self? I mean, I might not be ready to answer a question like that right now, but maybe in a month there, you know, maybe there's a different circumstance or, or it'll resonate better in, in whatever the situation is. So I think, yeah, I mean, that's basically the way I've always treated um, the practice and also why we really wanted to create something to house all of these 
these props that are coming up. Mm. Yeah, I, I often find, um, you know, the, the question that I ask a lot is who do I have to be in order to, you know, do what it is, you know, if I, if I'm standing there looking at the, uh, the pool on a five at five thirty AM and it's, uh, you know, it's like six degrees, which like 55, 60 degrees. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, no, we're, we're in Canada, six degrees. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> Not in the U S awesome. Yeah. So, you know, looking, looking at the water in winter and, and, and saying, you know, like, who do I have to be to get in here? Yeah. Right. Like, it's a, it's a question that I, and, and often, I think that when you um, when you become masterful enough with these things, it's it's often it can even be transferred into a feeling or into something that you do that you just know that um, you know you gr- you ground yourself. You know you just you know uh, for me, I guess this is something very interesting, uh, Mark. That I've that I've worked out over a long time is we can all all be biased to whatever it is that works for us, right? But some people right. are some people are more. Um, more visual. Some people, like you said before, you like writing things down. I, I don't, that, that's not a thing that I do. And there's so many different things for people. And what I've noticed is what I do is not the be all and end all for everyone else. So I understand that sometimes it's a feeling thing for me where, you know, um, questions do come up and I do ask myself that, but if you ask yourself the question enough, you start to live it. It starts to sure, be sure. integrated into you so that you just go down and you just do the thing. And I think that falls into line with that switching yourself across to being devoted to doing stuff and being de- dedicated to doing stuff. So like creating new neural pathways. Yeah. You know, yeah when you're yeah. starting to create a shift or a change in life, you know, there might be some resistance at the start. Um, and, and that actually, I mean, that, that, that goes into what, you know, one of my questions is, what do I need to let go of in this moment to get to where I want to, which is very similar to what you were talking about. What Mm. has to die in order to live, you know, I think it's a natural process, you know, the life cycle. But I think that what's powerful about what you've done um, Mm. in the app as well is that something will sing to somebody, right? Like that, like there'll be, you know, that they'll read it. And, and I I use that term singing because it's, it's like an intuitive thing, right? Like you'll read it and you'll go, Oh, Someone could have asked a thousand other ways, but when you read that one thing, the one question or whatever it is or statement, it'll sing to you. And I think that that's important that people do have that opportunity to be able to have have something there where they go, oh, shit, that's it. That's, That's all I needed to ask myself. Our core purpose for everything we're doing is just to flat out stimulate reflection. And it just so happens like the first offering was the app because that, you know, was our kind of scratch your own itch. But the podcast is, I mean, the podcast is another tool for people to just, again, hear these questions and the way people are thinking about things. Like, it, I don't care whether someone uses the app, uses a notebook, just is walking down the street, is recording audio notes. The key is that someone takes the time and again it could be seconds to just slow down and and ask some of these questions and think Mm. right versus just again i'll I'll use it again but the autopilot because i I feel like the autopilot is 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 like a chronic disease at this point and then eventually yeah i agree yeah Yeah, we could i call it default mode Default yeah. mode, you know, like people are in a default mode and we see this a lot in people's breathing um, where you have um, in, in your breathing and, and even to do with your oxygen and your uh, CO2 balances, you can have a set point that has the body run in, in perfect order, let's, let's say perfect order, you know, there's proper gas exchange. Now, if those are off, so if you're out of, if, if it goes into a, into a different mode and there's different gas exchanges, you're going to have things like people will get headaches or they'll, they'll feel cranky and it can affect their emotions as well. So, you know, we often see that people um, get stuck in, in, um, in different modes. But, you know, as, as we were saying before, the autopilot can often get thrown off course. You know, you can think that that's just the way that you're supposed to be. But in actual yeah. fact, you're functioning in a shitty in, in, a, in a shitty way, like it's, but people don't realize they go, Oh, this is just how I am. Right? And I think it's important what you're saying about even, you know, being able to question yourself or being able to stop and take a breath or, or it, 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 I think it just comes down to you knowing that you've got the, you know, you there's lots of dials 
And you can, you can actually play with the dials. You can dial your energy up. You can dial your energy down, but don't leave it up to your environment to dictate where the dials are. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we found was that the breath when it's in automatic, which is exactly what you were saying about, you know, drifting along and being in autopilot. When the breath is left in automatic, it will breathe itself in a way that's protection mode. So you won't actually start breathing deep into those, um, those, those memories or, or pathways to release things because the body's trying to protect itself from harm. A resolution, yeah. And, and it won't let you go there until you say, I'm going to take it out of automatic and go into manual and start creating something different. And, and I think that, and that's what I loved about even the, the experience of Keo is going on there is quite often it takes community to create that. So when, because you've got so many different amazing people in this community, you know, anybody like what Shane was saying, you know, you can go that person I resonate with and wow, what a question. And quite often that's something to flip the switch and go, okay, I've I've got to go out of of default (laughs) and out of automatic and create something manual and 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 i'm going to do kind of like what they're doing because i don't know where to start so let's start there so i think that that community i i think is quite often something that is under uh, underrated and it's very powerful tool when you allow yourself to be uh, you know either be vulnerable or be in a position to be able to reach out to people and connect yeah because if you don't shift the universe will come along and, <laughs> and, smack, it will, you. and it will smack you <laughs> and shift you. exactly well, and I think, you know, and the huge reason why we really focused on a lot of content around and then different and diverse backgrounds of people was, it was like, it's not like we're inventing questions, just like, you know, you didn't invent breathing. We're, we're, not, we're not inventing this practice either. It's been around for thousands of years. So it's like, why, if, if this superpower exists, like what, what is the barrier? And what we've de- what we've determined, or at least the insight that we're seeing, is that the narrative behind it came with a lot of stereotype and kind of preconceived notions of what what the practice is, right? Um, like I often get, you know, for people that don't don't, don't quite understand, like, oh, you're talking about the 12 year old girl writing her diary with the boy at school and and whatnot, right? And nothing wrong with any of that, but not necessarily, right? So it. And as you like, we're doing this in video right now, but I'm like, I don't have a robe. I'm not sitting on the top of a mountain, you know, and meditating. We want to show anyone can do this, right? And the designers doing this, the chefs are doing, like everyone's doing, has some sort of practice. So like, how can we bring that to light? So then it's relatable to more of the masses versus only that segment that was already dialed in with these, you know, mental fitness type practices and, and whatnot, right? Mm, yeah. yeah, I think it's um what what I saw, uh, and I I was never one that liked writing stuff down. But watching, um, for example, in our business, we um we we use this method called Kanban, right? Mm-hmm. We, which all it is is you're sticking post-it notes. You, you I am probably even see you can see. Some- Right, you're sticking notes, you know. So, so it's all your business ideas, or or what you've got to do, or what, and and basically the most powerful thing that I learned from it was that you can empty your mind mm-hmm. onto the pieces of paper, and therefore you've got more bandwidth for yourself, and and that creates happiness in the body because you're getting it, you're getting it out. So it's just that simple act. If you want to just say the one simple thing is that you take it from a thought to it to to onto paper or onto a device or out and that you know that it's there and you can access it i think that that just that drops stress levels down for people oh and it brings it brings direction to running commentary (laughs) you know when you have your thoughts are taking off without you and you've got the questions and the people to connect with it it gives it direction Well, and just the, the other thing, like uh, an example I often use is because a lot of people are talking about minimalism, right? These days and living a simple life and, and whatnot. Um, but if you think of your, your mind as a room, is, is your room jammed floor to ceiling with boxes and you can't navigate, you can't move, or is it somewhat organized? Is there pathways, right? And then, we, so if you start thinking of it like that, then, well, if you can't navigate, how can ideas surface, 
or right how can opportunities present themselves if you're full to capacity like you 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 know we can't just like we it's hard to and it's hard right it's hard to let go of things but if you're physically hoarding things you're mentally hoarding things as well and you've got to release some of those things at one point they served you but they may not be serving you now and you're just chipping away at, at, at your mind right when there's all this beautiful fresh stuff that can come in right to help you know help you with where you're at right now yeah and it uses that bandwidth and it does connect in to um to actually starting to disrupt the physical body as well because you know um uh, you know we, we've learned a lot in our in our experience with the breath that the vagus nerve which is connected into the body and it's and it's its sole role is to um send signals or one of the major roles is it for it to send signals about the body back up to the brain and what we've often found is if someone's already got their head full of stuff and then from their body they're receiving all these red alert signals because you know, there's there's lack of oxygen in different organs, or you know, they're they're um, got poor diet, or dehydrated, or they're not grounding themselves, or they're not getting enough sunlight. All of these things start to add up to a whole lot of, um, you know, disorganization and chaos that gets sent into the mind, and people go, but I I, I can't understand why my why my thoughts or why my brain so foggy or why I can't think straight or why I feel like I don't have enough time. And often what we've found is it can be a very physical thing that sure. people don't, don't realize is happening to them. And it's not, you, you're not crazy. You know, you don't have, you don't have these really horrible um, mental issues that some people say that it is, it's mimicked, you know, depression and anxiety. And even to the point of things like, um, you know, some people think they have things like they're really bad, like schizophrenia and things like that. But often, and we've seen this a lot in the people that we've breathed, often it's a clearing of the cache and a clearing of the energy in the body purely by their breath or by these processes of writing things down, reflecting on them. Mm-hmm. Often we'll move people out and they go, oh, shit, I'm, I'm not actually, I don't have clinical depression or I don't have yeah. something wrong with me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So powerful. Mm. So I have to ask you guys, so on, on the topic of, of the breath, because uh, something I've been personally interested in or a little bit of a goal of mine this year is how, how can, if someone's interested to get really deep, right? Like we did some exercises and, and I think like box, box breathing, right? I guess is was one of them and just calming anxiety and whatnot. Um, but like, for someone that wants to go deep and just tap into the subconscious or like, how, how would you even suggest someone go about researching that or learning about that? Like, what's your take on, yeah. on that? This is one of, there's this a one, lot. Yeah. But this is one of my, this is one of my favorite, favorite subjects because okay. ultimately, <laughs> ultimately um, there's, there's two ways to look at this. The, all of this stuff with the breathing comes with a caveat, right? Because, the breathing, as Angie, I think Angie pointed out before, if you leave your body to just breathe, it'll breathe in a way that protects your body. So therefore, like if you've got um, really heavy traumas, um, you know, be it um, physical traumas or some kind of abuse or, or any, you, you name it, anything that, that someone says was traumatic for them, okay, then your breathing, your body is going to breathe in a way that keeps you away from accessing those traumas because you're, you're just, you're leaving your body to kind of breathe in a certain way. So that's, that's one part of it. So when people begin to take their breathing out of, um, out of automatic and bring it into manual, there's a lot of resistance because your body's been trying to, to, to keep you away from actually accessing that. Now, um, one of probably the biggest traumas that every person with a body suffers is their birth. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, conjecture. There's a lot of people that, that argue and, and say, look, the, you're, as a baby, you do not register any of the trauma in, in your body. There's, there's a lot of, there's schools of thought. 
There's also a lot of now emerging emerging sort of researchers saying that is absolutely completely wrong. And you do because the physical organism does record um, traumas in it, right? That are, that are beyond your conscious level. Sure. So, so that's the first hurdle to getting into a peak state with the breathing is that you kind of have to go through this catharsis part of it with, and, and what I mean by catharsis is that the breathing will, um, will bring up traumas, um, you know, of a nature that can be described as um, past life or birth or, um, or, you know, you name it. It, it. What it will do is it will present those things in such a way that, uh, a, that the best uh, psychotherapist couldn't even organize an intervention the way the breath can do this. And, and um, that's been documented by some, some of the world's um, greatest psychotherapists. Stan Groff is one of those. And he, he's documented this well and truly that the breathing is such a powerful tool for that. So there's this going through this path of this where it will dig into and it will bring out things like that. Um, now, the good thing is, is once those things are released, it's amazing. You, you, you come to a new level of awareness. Um, you have maturation in the brain and in, and, and in your thinking, you know, you become more mature. It, it really is an evolution upgrade. Like you will upgrade your evolution by that. It's like, it's like the, what the, it's been diffused, whatever your triggers were or whatever your protection mechanism has been diffused. So it's like, for me, my experience was all of a sudden I forgot to be angry. <laughs> you sure. know, my body forgot to be angry, which doesn't make sense, but it does when you get into the breath and you start experiencing a release of these energies that are stuck within the body. So then, so then you can, then you can take yourself to, um, you know, to a blissful state with the breathing as well. Like a, like a very high state, you know, you can get high off breathing yeah. because you are altering the gases in your body for a start. But also it has this, it has this effect and a lot of people that have, um, you know, that have got into altered states, whether it's by chanting, meditation, dancing, um, taking plant medicines, um, uh, you know, sex is another way of creating an altered state. You know, all of these things can create an altered state. And so the breathing is probably the fastest and most available mechanism that you have to put yourself in an altered state. Right. Um, and so, what in my experience, the and and the yogis have been talking about this for five thousand years, is that eliminating the pause in the breath, so i.e. having a circular pattern in your breathing, um, creates this high state. It puts you into this altered state, and you know, in my own um, experience, what I found is by cycling the the breath in and out in that circular um, fashion, it seems to. Um, the cycling of, a, of that positive negative seems to open up and drop you into this space. And um, it's almost like you forget to breathe, but you're still breathing. So, so the body, the body kind of takes over, right? Depends on your body. Yeah. Everybody's it's like, it's like your breathing's like a thumbprint, you yeah. know, so, but, but as long as you're doing this circular breathing, you're starting to move through the areas of the breath that get sticky, you know? So as you, sure. Keep moving through it. It actually keeps the energy moving in the body, and then the body will just do what it needs. Not to unlike naturally. what you were describing before, Mark, when we when we were doing the breathing, and you you were sort of saying, "Oh, there was bits that were sticky for you," you know, like <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. So, so, so the thing is, though, what we've seen in in the in the hundreds and hundreds of people that we've breathed with is it's generally I've seen it's generally between forty five minutes to an hour is all it takes you to get to drop into that into that peak state or into that um, state. Mm -hmm. So, so it is, it is kind of, it's reliable. It's um, you know, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a consistent thing that we've seen that mm -hmm. people are able to do this. Um, it, what is important about it though, is yes, you can do it on your own, but what is important about it is that um, when we facilitate uh, just to give you an idea of when we facilitate this, and we've done this with, we've done this with, um, you know, uh, 300 people in the room. We've done it with 150 people in a room. 500 people in the room. Yeah. We've seen it done with a hundred people in the room. You know, there's some groups are too big. We like to, we like to look at sort of a hundred and below is kind of a good amount of, of people to be able to manage all of the cathartic, cathartic things that happen and the, the journey that people go through. But what we what we seem to see is that 
when there's a lot of energy in the room and a lot of people are going into this, it, it adds to this collective energy in the room. And what we've yeah. found is that when we're holding the space for this to happen, we trust in the process and that trust gets transmitted to the people that are doing it. And, and it seems to be a key element is that you have, um, you have facilitators or people that know what they're doing as far as that practiced. They understand the states that people go into and they can hold the space for someone to be, to feel safe enough to journey into that because that's an interesting thing. Like you watch people do this, um, do this process and you see where people don't feel safe. Mm. They, you know, a lot of stuff comes up. They don't feel safe to let go or they don't feel safe to, yeah, to allow themselves to go inward and experience it. But the results and what people report are, you know, people report that they feel connected. They feel spiritually connected. Mm. I mean, for me, it was the first time and, and I've heard about religion, but I've never experienced <laughs> a, a religious experience. And, and that's the difference. You know, when you read about like, you know, you, you read, you read about a, a religious text and you're usually reading about somebody else's experience and God, I mean, the whole world's been, you know, there's been huge religions formed on somebody else's experience that, that most of the people reading it have not even ever experienced that what they're reading. And so I've become religious about this experience that I get from not only the breathing, but from being in cold water, being in nature as well is another, it gives me another spiritual type experience, but it comes down to you feeling it as well as being in it. And, and that, and that's a very different thing. So, you know, that can be, people can achieve that state and have those experiences within 45 minutes to an hour. So from my experience, I mean, I, I, like I'd mentioned before, you know, I experienced a lot of anger, I like experienced anxiety, I experienced postnatal depression, you know, so all these little traumas were in my body. So when I was doing the breathing, I love doing it with Shane there because I know if the anxiety started showing in my body, sometimes my body would start twitching and doing things without me even thinking about it. Or I'd start like, you know, wanting, start, yeah. I'm sorry, I started to want to like, um, you know, stop breathing because it's too intense, but the magic is in the relaxation and the trust and honoring of the process. And that is something that I took away in life as well, where, you know, trust and honor the process, bring relaxation to it and allow what needs to happen to happen. And of course, you know, you've got your navigational tools to get you through the rough bits. Um, so, you know, when first starting out, it's great to do it with somebody around when you've kind of done it a few times and you're familiar with your own energy, you know, go for it on your own. Sure. That was really helpful. <laughs> we're starting to see so many different breathing circles popping up i mean it is becoming there is a wave happening right now and and there's and we encourage you know uh, of course you know we 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 feel like we're 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 probably you know of all the people that we've had experience with we're up there with some of the best in being able to navigate people using their breath and so we would just recommend go and experience as many different breathing sessions as you can i go and attend other people's breathing sessions because i just love to be breathed by somebody else <laughs> i love the community experience as well you know, so, uh, you know, find something online, um, you know, have a, have a play there. And if you really want to do some deep dives, you know, find somebody who in your area that does it or find somebody that can do it online and be there to coach you through it online as well. Sounds like, I mean, obviously sounds like the best recipe to have just a good experience with it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think for a lot of these practices it'd be a similar setup, right. Go, what a place where you can, you'll feel safe and, and um, there's trust and you're with experts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Because it, it's it, a very vulnerable experience. It is. It is. And it can, yeah. and it can, um, you know, we've seen a lot where it can turn negative. Um, and, and what I mean by that is that because you are playing with the gases in your body and you are altering your state, there is the, there is a propensity to, um, you know, to pass out or to black out or to do these sorts of things. So, you know, what, it's like what, a reset. Yeah. So what, what we often say to people is that, um, you know, that's where, you know, we use a sigh of relief. Like if you're ever in a breathing session and it's starting to get so intense that it feels like you're, you're, you know, you're not in control or anything, 
you just sigh. Your body naturally does that. <laughs> or if you're in an argument with your husband, you know? or yeah, yeah, if you're in you know an argument too. with your kids, like, you know, it's not, you know, it's not subject just to the mat. <laughs> but, but it is, if you're in something, like like I said, if you're in something where um, you, you're being instructed by somebody um, in a breathing session and you just, you just don't feel like it's going well, you just relax, back the breathing off and, and just, you know, just nice, completely really. relax, you know, and that's, that's the only, that it's one of the only caveats that I see because it, it can be something that a lot of people, um, and we know quite a few people that have had kind of, you know, call them, they, they would say that they're negative experiences, not anything that can damage you. Like you can't die from breathing. We check that out. <laughs> you can't however it does it, it is a strong medicine it is yeah. a very strong medicine when it comes to um you know uh moving energy moving um uh you know um uh, emotions and and unblocking mental energy and things out of the body so it does need a level of respect for sure a good way to put it i like that respect yeah respect the practice yeah or respect the breath absolutely <laughs> well, i mean i feel like we could speak for hours but we should probably yes. yeah. 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 Up. <laughs> is there any, any other i mean i've got on my side i definitely have a couple really great prompts if, if there's one more um who do i have to be right now someone i picked up from you shane and then what do I need to let go of in this moment? Another powerful question. Do you have another one in mind that I could um, load in app? One of my favorite, one of my favorite ones is, is, is not, not so much a question, but a statement is it's sure. not in the words. It's in the practice. Is it for me? It's, it's, it's something that, you know, um, you, you've got to action, you know, it's a thought, uh, you know, um, it's 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 moving yourself um from you know thought to to word to deed sort of thing it's it's moving along that line that you can sort of say you can say a lot of things to yourself um but you've got to get it into practice and, and have a yeah. practice so so i think another one i always check in with myself is um uh let's say for instance even when looking into the future or even in the moment is what, uh, how do I, what do I want to create in how I'm feeling today? You know, so if you are going to be in mummy mode, how can you create being in mummy mode? If you're going to be in work mode, how, what can you do to create work mode? You know, if I need to, uh, to energize, how can I create energize? So what do I need to feel today and how can I create that? like that another another great one for me is just come <laughs> up. This, uh, this, this helped me mature a lot this, this, um, if, if I ever met somebody that I don't like, I've always got to ask myself what's in them that's in me. Oh, wow. That's right. Like, and, and so, because if you don't like someone, it's often because they are exhibiting exactly what's deep in you and you've got that whole paradoxical that's not the way i am so i always asked i and what funnily enough asking myself that question a lot of time helped me socialize with so many more people and and oh, become yeah. friends with a lot more people than i wouldn't have <laughs> usually i call it the dickhead right. factor i know when i'm being a dickhead <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so mark i got a question for you um yeah um, what, what juices you, like what gets you out of bed in the morning? What has you, why do you do what why you, do you do? What you do? What is that? Um, well, selfishly conversations like these, honestly, I mean that this is what, this is what fuels me connecting, really trying to connect with people around the world that are passionate about helping others. And then that ultimately in, in our space directly is we're trying to help people connect with themselves first. And then, you know, ultimately then you're connecting with others around the world. So, yeah, I mean, I feel it's, it's funny because, you know, the whole mission behind Keo started as, like you said, a scratch your own itch scenario just to, to solve a problem that, that I was having and then, you know, our direct team members. But then it quickly shifted into almost a social responsibility to keep going and, you know, put this stuff out there. 
And like, that's where we're, that's the place we're in. Right. And obviously we have all the same challenges that any startup does. Like we needs to be a sustainable business and we're figuring things out every day on the fly, but at its core, um, we've interviewed enough people at this point that to see like just a simple practice of writing things down can literally save a life. So mm. Yeah. you know how like we have to you know we have to get it out there and <laughs> that's it's that's a what calling. it's a calling yeah. now yeah totally totally so yeah and that 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 truly excites me and it's been such a pleasurable journey and from the sense of the like I, I i mean i'm not just saying this because we're in video here but like these type of interactions just this puts me into a flow state like mm-hmm. i'll I'll hit stop or leave this, this meeting and just be so energized from chatting with you guys. Right. And that's exciting to me every day. Awesome. Yeah. We're the same, only we're in the middle of the day and you're in the middle of the day. <laughs> so I have, I'm going to have to do some sort of magical breathing to calm down. Shane, I'll, send you I'll send you, I'll send you a nighttime. I'll send you the nighttime it's breathing. As soon one. as we get up here, I'll send it to you yeah. straight. Perfect. Thank you. Oh, good. Oh, Mark, well, it's a pleasure connecting yeah. with you. Thank you for your time. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being committed to this calling. I think, you know, you are making some impact definitely as I've already experienced. So thank you. Oh, I really appreciate that. And right back at you. I mean, let's keep this planet breathing in all, in all capacity. <laughs> all in the same bubble. I'm in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I support that message. <laughs> 